1: Welcome back to Frank Film Club, the club for lovers and makers of film. I'm Maisie Williams, I am an actor
0: and producer. I'm Lowry Roberts and I'm a filmmaker and producer. Hello, I'm Hannah Williams and I am a casting director. And welcome to our club. Take one.
2: Hello everybody, welcome back to Frank Film Club. This week we're talking about The Batman, which has just come out in cinemas in the UK and I think internationally as well. It's directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, Zoe Kravitz as Selina Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman, Paul Dano as the Riddler and Colin Farrell as the Penguin. I probably don't need to explain the plot, but I will. When the Riddler, a sadistic serial killer, begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. But first of all guys, what have you been
0: up to? How's your week going? I've been spending some time in the library. Oh really? Yeah. Oh that's vintage. Somewhere around by you?
1: Very vintage, yeah. Local library. I love going in there it's so quiet and I love seeing people using the computers they're usually a little bit older and I just I love it what do you do in there do you sit and read I sit and I do emails or read and just vibe out really and I just really love it I really hope we never lose our public libraries because I think that they're sacred sacred places (laughs) I love them.
0: Yeah. It feels very nostalgic to even think about, li- like, I feel like different libraries have meant different things to me in my life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, get that. What about what
1: about you, Han? What have you been up to? I've been doing loads of
0: in-person castings, which I'm loving, because it's all been through Zoom for the last two years, and all of a sudden, everyone's like, yeah, let's just get in person. So, uh, got one next weekend, had one yesterday, had one last week, and... It's just
1: so much more fulfilling yeah I bet the actors are just loving it as well
2: I bet you feel buzzing after it as well like at the yeah yeah oh love that
1: what about you Lowry um I've been doing I've been doing a lot of
2: script notes at the moment and notes on like treatments films and things so it's been quite good fun which well you've also been doing the
1: same Ace. <laughs> well, I've been admiring your notes. Oh, thanks!
2: <laughs> I have been setting goals for myself with my new daily goal planner. Oh Ooh. my goodness! After feeling inspired um from our chat with the Shiver Baby Girls. Oh yeah, yeah. I got myself a notebook and I've been doing daily goals and weekly goals and long-term goals, and I'm <gasps> I'm on the road to success.
0: Just anything where I can tick something off. Uh- Sign me up.
2: Yeah. Amazing. Well, I'm glad you're both having good weeks so far. Let's get stuck in. So this is actually the first Batman film that I've ever watched, which is a bit mad.
0: Not even Dark Knight.
2: Well, actually, I have seen the end of Dark Knight. That's not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit random that I have chosen to watch this, but there's been so much hype about it that I wanted to watch it. Maybe, uh, maybe a completely fresh perspective on it will uh will mean that we have interest in chats.
0: So what did you guys think? Well, I'm I'm not a big Marvel DC person at all, but I was so glad that you wanted to pick this film because I feel like this film has been such an amazing return for so many people back to the cinema and it's like kicking off that again, which is amazing. And I just got so much to say about it as well, even though I I don't fully know the backstory and the history of certain things. I think as a standalone film, this is um, really interesting and I, I love how it's divided some opinions. So I can't wait to hear what you all think about it.
1: Yeah. I, well, I wouldn't have said that I was a particularly big Marvel DC person, but I think in comparison to you two, I probably, I'm the well of knowledge, <laughs> <laughs> but I have seen a couple of the Batman franchise, uh, and like the different, uh, Batman, <laughs> and, um, I, I thought that this film was really interesting, I think it's very different to the others, um, which is good. It's good to be able to do something fresh like this late in the game when so many people have reprised this role. It wasn't my favourite Batman, but that doesn't mean that it's not a good movie. Yeah, equally excited to hear what you guys think. Especially you, Lowry, because you've got nothing else to go off of. So yeah, what did you think?
2: So this film actually echoing what you said Hannah it's like the one of the first times I've been back in the cinema for a really really long time so for that reason I was really excited and absolutely loved it but I realized and I did kind of already know this that I'm really bad with follow at following films that are really information and plot heavy that's just something that I struggle with and I don't know if that is the thing that mm, lots of people struggle with as well and I think Matt Reeves from what I've heard him, like, talking about in interviews, like, he was trying to make this one a bit more of an emotional journey, but I think it's actually still very plot-heavy and really information-heavy. And when I'm hearing names being thrown about, they just don't stick in my head and I don't know who anyone is.
0: Well, from that and then to you, Maisie, do you think that things maybe might click more if you'd seen more of this DC world?
1: Well, potentially, in terms of, like, the the format of there being a killer and then batman has to figure out who it is that is something that happens quite a lot and so i kind of felt okay to like not remember all of that but it's interesting that matt Reeves wanted to make this one like more of like an emotional journey because i think in the christian bale reprise you got to see bruce wayne like out of his suit so much more often and even if he wasn't outwardly being Bruce Wayne you got to see him in his cave, like vibing but with no mask and I think that that helps you connect so much more with like the personal journey throughout it and don't get me wrong like I do think that in this film you feel Batman's like real turmoil and he wants to keep people safe and he's like really trying to navigate how to do that in the best way but I think that from an audience perspective being able to see the Batman Son's mask is so important to to connect with and and it's nothing to do with robert patterson's performance like i think that i was still getting that vibe but you just you're never going to get it as much as if you can see someone's actual face
2: so after watching it i think because it was robert patterson in it and for so long he's like been trying to get away from franchises after being in twilight i thought for him to now take such a big character that's part of such a big franchise surely it's got to be such a character study this story is going to be so different to any other the batman story that's been told but it wasn't quite that which really surprises me and it, yeah i kind of wondered your thoughts on i guess maisie especially having like experienced this like going back into a franchise that's a pretty bold decision yeah
1: It is so hard to get away from whatever character you're kind of, like, known for. Especially when it's in something that was as popular as um, Twilight. Like, he has just really pushed himself into, like, a new place. And then to go back and do something like this. Like, it is really brave. I'm sure it's literally every actor's dream to play, like, Batman. So I completely get it. But yeah, I think that... I think I wanted... I wanted to see, like, the indie version of Batman yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) that's what I was expecting yeah because it was him
1: I I don't know what you guys thought but I thought that there were pieces of the Batman that they just like knew the bits of joker that did well and like wanted it to be kind of like a more moody exploration but trying to do that with someone who's already a hero and kind of be like yeah but he has it so hard because the police they still don't like him and it's kind of a little bit like you're batman you're really you're way too privileged to be playing this card (laughs) (laughs) so i yeah i think that i think it was definitely it's clear that this one came post Joker success
2: yeah I don't feel like I I had that
0: much sympathy for Batman and I think I think I was probably meant to no no, I think you are probably meant to feel empathy for him because he's he's the lead but um I think that that was a bit mixed messagey as well I just I just I do wish that we had just seen more of him but I also feel like I wish we had seen more of um Catwoman as well because it was like like it was almost there I think her her characterization would have been very cool if we had just seen a little bit more of her to be honest their
2: relationship overall really s- surprised me like when they first kissed I was really not expecting that because I actually thought she was in a relationship with a woman that, that she'd been living with me too and then I was like, that's probably not good that that shocked me because you should probably be feeling like that's about to happen if the chemistry's there. So then I've, I was like, oh, that's a shame. I don't know that they've quite put the time into it to make us believe that. How did you guys feel about that?
0: I don't know. I think it's obviously what people want is some sort of like romance storyline going along it. But I would have preferred if they had just like been mates and like maybe she was gay and and they were just like... He was like a loner and, you know, they came together. Batman expert, Maisie Williams. Does Batman get with (laughs) Catwoman in other films? Is that like a relationship that happens all the time? Because I I don't know where the crossovers are with like the universe and worlds
1: and stuff. Is that something that happens? I feel like it does. But there's always like, there's fraternizing for sure. (laughs) From my
2: Wikipedia ring it said that um catwoman is is the love interest it seems like that's a recurring theme at least
1: well it it just it just didn't feel like it fits um everything that we'd seen up until that point because i feel like there definitely was like an admiration between the two of them but i thought that it was like on another level it felt on a different level like a mentor mentee
2: What are your thoughts on there being remakes after remakes about the same characters in the same worlds? And because I have mixed feelings, but I understand that it makes a lot of money and people wanna see it.
0: Um, I think if people enjoy it and it's got a market and it's bringing people entertainment and joy, great. What I I struggle with is sometimes when you go to the cinema, especially like cinemas that are outside of London that maybe don't show some smaller films, that it's just so like oversaturated with um, these big budget things and it doesn't have much room for people to like come in. And also, even if you just use like a 16th of their budget, you could make like 5 indie like wicked indie films and give people opportunity I know that's not the way the world works and I appreciate that it entertains a lot of people but I think that's is that what you mean by mixed feelings about it because that's how I feel
2: yeah same kind of thing it's like the same white male characters on screen over and over again in exactly the same character I'm like is that useful they're like well this is what makes money it's like well you haven't put the money into the other films yet so you don't know if the other films make money
1: yeah
2: like about the other characters
1: or. You know? Yeah. Even if you didn't spend all of that money on another film, but just like marketing other films, like people don't know that these indie films exist because there's just not the money to even like get them out there. And I even think, I'm like, is even what I said earlier in terms of like Batman being the dream role for any guy, when I actually think about that, I'm like, that's a bit boring. (laughs) What's the female equivalent?
2: I don't know that there is. I think that's kind of the point as well. Like why is it only these male majority well no completely white male characters
1: marvel are definitely doing a really good job at trying to tell all of their other comics um like you think about wonder woman you think about captain marvel and you think about like all of these other characters and maybe we just haven't got to the point where someone's going to reprise those roles yet and maybe that will be like maybe one day it will be like i can't like i want to play wonder woman or i want to play yeah captain I keep thinking Captain Fantastic. <laughs> I want to play, Cap- I do want to play Captain Fantastic. <laughs> but I do, yeah. <laughs> well, I was just
0: going to ask, because Maisie, you were in a Marvel film and like does all of the hype in the world and like how different it feels in our industry, it feels like there's our film industry and then there's Marvel and DC, it's like miles apart. Does it feel like that when you're on the inside of production?
1: Oh, completely. You know, the budget that goes just on like Food Alone could make like f- four, um, sean baker movies so it's just it kind of is a little bit crazy it's just you have so much time and you have so much money and i'm sure like the powers above are like actually we're running out of time and we're running out of money and i get it because everything just takes longer and it's more expensive and sure there's the same pressure but i much prefer doing something which is smaller budget for that reason because i think that I can see it in my eyes that i'm just like yeah you're literally just like sleepy from having too much lunch <laughs> 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 and it, and it, that's when it you know that's why when one of these movies does really really well it's so interesting because they've found something very very real and it, and it's hard to fake that
2: one thing that blew my mind um that I didn't realize until after... Watching it was that Colin Farrell w- was playing the penguin. Yeah. And I was
0: like, what the hell? <laughs> Who did you think it was? Some old guy. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, amazing that they're giving this new talent some airtime. Isn't that
1: great?
2: That was such a big transformation that must have cost so much money, firstly, to get Colin Farrell, so much money to make him look not like Colin, <laughs> Colin Farrell. And then, <laughs> so I'm just really confused. Yeah. Um, But I do think he was incredible and I do love Colin Farrell. So like, if you can have him, yeah, like go for it. But then I was like, also a bit questionable because that's just so extra.
0: Like if if an actor can become anything, what's to say you can't cast any one actor as anything? Yeah. Like that just blows my mind. The possibilities are so endless. If they can say who can play the penguin, literally anyone like anyone (laughs) yeah i've got a colin farrell fact for you oh yeah so he wanted to smoke cigars as the character but they had to tell him no basically because they wanted to make it a pg-13
1: but didn't it still end up being a 15 oh really that's what i heard it became a 15 and all the parents were very upset well he could have smoked yeah, then he could have the whole time.
2: Maybe it was it was a bit jumpy at times, maybe it was the jumps in Matt Reeves's defense uh, on the whole Colin Farrell thing. Cause apparently, when casting Colin Farrell, he was like I just love Colin Farrell, and he went to meet him and he Colin at the time had put on a load of weight for another role, so he did kind of look a bit more like the penguin and he tried on like some fake nose and he was like, "Oh yeah, great, this is it." But then Colin was like, "Actually, I'm feeling not very healthy. This at this weight, so I want to lose it. I don't want to keep it. So then they did the whole fat suit or whatever. So got it, kind of get it. It's still pre extra, but I'll go with it. Let's talk about the bat suit. <gasps> yeah, because as a non Batman person, yeah, I was a bit like, but why, why, why is he dressed up as a bat? <laughs> So <laughs> and I must admit I really did love all the squeaks and everything and like it, the sound effects of his costume were because in my head I was like it's Batman you just gotta go with it it's just what it is but then actually in the story he's but he's talking he's like bumping into people or meeting people and they're saying like what's with the suit you weirdo and saying all this stuff I'm like. So they even think it's weird but it wasn't in this one and I was like I feel like you've got to commit one way or the other otherwise he is just weird and wearing a cape and it, I don't know I couldn't quite get my head around that one.
0: Well that was one of Woz's things when we came out of the cinema was that it was like this detective thing but why was he at the crime scene? Like, apparently in in the other films, like, he wouldn't be at the crime scene. Like, he would do a separate investigation himself. And it was quite jarring to, like, see a crime scene and everyone moving around. And him, like, the camera pans and there's just, like, a bat
1: in the room. (laughs) (laughs) In the suit's defence. I feel like it is a common thing. For a lot of the heroes, I'm just hearing now, like in the Spider-Man film, like I can remember them being like, what are, like, what is this? Why are you wearing a suit, you weirdo? Like, because the world itself is also rejecting the suit, then in like our reality, you're also kind of like, what's with the suit?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just because like in, as Bruce Wayne, he seems pretty, he's very switched on. He seems not like a type of, the type of guy that would go around in a cape. That so I was I just was questioning that, but yeah I loved the sound effects of the
1: suit. Like it kind of it did crack me up at times, but I, but in an endearing way. I watched a interview where Rob Pattinson was talking about the suit, and when he did his screen test, he wore I think he said George Clooney's suit, and then when he got to actually wear his own one that was made for him um all of the like joints had their perfect like movement and uh yeah it just like fit him like a glove and I feel like the mechanics that go into making something like that um is so interesting to me and I think the the one thing that I'm always excited about for Batman films is the costumes and especially in this one because I knew that Catwoman was going to be in it and oh my goodness her costume was like unreal I just think that that part is always exciting reinventing the same one it's like it's it is like when designers like do their new collection and they reference something from like ages ago I I find that part like the little fashion uh part of me gets like very very excited (laughs) Well, that probably would be, you know, we're talking about like what would be
0: that that role Batman is the ideal role to do. Imagine, yeah, re- recreating
1: something iconic. That's probably a costume designer's dream as well. Yeah, you are so right. I love that it was like kind of, because in the film it looks black, Um, but I was looking at some pictures of it Um, in just like the, people had taken pictures of it and it was kind of like this brushed, like real soft leather and it was kind of like a more off black color and I thought that that was like that was cool I wonder what it's
0: like to perform in something like that though it can't be easy I mean maybe Catwoman's a little bit more easy it's still probably get a bit uncomfortable but for Robert Pattinson that's
1: got to be clunky yeah yeah and I was thinking this because the film is three hours long um but I mean I think if he like if he could walk fast. it would have been at least (laughs) or like what would it be would have shaved down about 40 minutes (laughs) i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me
2: It's time for
1: In In The Club. Club.
2: So now it's time for In The Club. This is the part of the podcast where we ask you, the audience, for your questions on the film um, and we answer them and chat about your thoughts. So I'm going to kick us off with a question from Andrew Hamster Hyde. He said, can you talk about how this felt like the first Batman detective story in forever on film?
1: I love this question because literally until I read it, I was like, oh yeah, Batman's a a detective. Like... You're just so used to seeing him. Well, I know he's like figuring out crime and stuff, but like you're just seeing him being a superhero, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> you're like a detective."
2: <laughs> and because he's not actually super, like he doesn't have superpowers, does he? No. So I suppose he is a detective. So stuff by Wes said, "Can you talk about Paul Dano?"
0: We didn't even speak about Paul Dano yet. Yeah,
2: let's. I re- no, I I love Paul Dano in this. I mean, it did feel very similar, similar to. Um, Prisoners, I guess his, his role in that, he was weird and creepy. I, I really liked
0: him. I think Robert Pattinson, Barry Keegan, Paul Dano are like some of my favourite actors at the minute. And I was really excited to see them all in it. And I really, yeah, I thought
1: he was amazing. I thought that his performance was incredible, but similar thing to with the Batman, I just, because so much of his performance was so obscured, I... Um, I just wanted to see more of him I just wanted to see more of what he was giving because he was giving so much Um, and it was only really in that final not final scene but the scene towards the end when they're in the prison that I really felt like I could enjoy that and I I love like my favorite thing of all of these films is always the the like the bad guy and I think just like having him so obscured for so long um, and with the mask and I I don't know I, I just
0: yeah I wonder if, you know, if, you know, because he's had a, a mask on the whole time and he's doing this like crazy performance. I wonder if wearing a mask really helps you to be totally unselfconscious and really go there with something like this where you do have to be like insane and on the edge. If having that like physical barrier so you're not actually showing your face will help you with performance. I bet, I bet it was
1: incredible. Yeah.
2: On that kind of, yeah, similar kind of thing. Donovan Schmidt said, can you talk about Bruce and his psych, his reliance on the cape persona rather than his own mental state? So similar kind of vibes to what we were just talking about.
1: I feel like this is probably more accurate for the character because whenever you see him as Bruce Wayne, you just know, like in, in all, in other movies, you just know that like when he's batman he is like his real self um and so i understand it from like a film perspective but i think like i did miss seeing his face and seeing him strip back because we just associate that with someone being more real or more honest whereas with the batman that is kind of the point is that like being bruce wayne is when he's wearing a disguise um and being the batman is when he's not so i i think it rings very true to the comics um Uh, but not my preference.
2: (laughs) Dylan is bored said, talk about Barry Keegan stealing the movie.
1: I think Barry
0: Keegan is one of the best actors around at the moment. And I'm wondering if he was cast as the Joker and then they cut his scenes. Because I saw something online that they cut a lot of his scenes. Well, I'm just guessing that He's playing the Joker
2: and the very end scene because it's going to be another one where he's going to be like the main character, Joker,
0: right? But I, I don't know. Maybe I just built it up in my mind. I was like, oh my God, he's in this film. How amazing. I'm so excited for him. And then it got to the end and you literally don't, he's not visible. He stole the movie for me because I was like, I'm really excited to know what's going to come next now.
2: Yeah, that's true actually. Cause that's exactly, that's what you're left with.
0: Like is Paul Dano and Barry Keegan gonna partner up and do something massive in the next one? And how amazing would that be? Cause yeah. I can imagine their chemistry to be like on fire <laughs> between those two boys,
1: lads, men. Fun in, uh, in the Batman too, in due course. Well, they've hooked me in anyway because now I'm definitely
0: gonna go and see the next one. Yeah, agree.
1: Melon Lord Josh
2: has said, can you talk about how it addresses the fact that the difference between Batman and the Riddler is is a very fine line?
0: Well, I thought the way that the film sets itself up was really interesting and was because, like, it was setting itself up to be the film that I thought it was going to be with the, all those thugs and he's um, going against them and he says, I am vengeance. And then he doesn't seem to really have much violence against people like that afterwards
2: which i think is kind of the point i i think him i don't know at what point it changes but like you know towards the end when he's like to catwoman like don't kill uh whoever she was trying to kill i think that's because he's he's then realizing that actually vengeance isn't gonna save the world if you just keep killing people you're still a bad you're a bad person yourself
1: i do wonder if a part of this is the jokerfication of marvel world and that in that film we got to sympathize so much with someone who was actually a really bad person and like how that can be kind of damaging to well just as a message like especially if someone's like you know murdering people and then you go over and you start doing a superhero film and you're basically got a guy doing the same thing um yeah I think it's probably this is something that is just like a today's telling of this story this is how we've got to do it because actually all of this is getting a little bit too close in terms of like this film in comparison to the other Batman films.
0: He comes to reckon with the fact maybe that he's not um as uh morally superior as something that's happening and ruining the town
1: it's very blurry we're we're really honing in on all of the flaws of our heroes um and i thought that these films were kind of like everyone could escape from the real world and go somewhere where you know people don't let you down but it does feel like our reality isn't like that so far but I I don't know, I did feel like there was a lot of story. I felt like there was a lot a lot a lot of story, but maybe not a lot of soul. Well I think that this film has really taken it way back to like the comic book sort of version of this story. And I think with the Dark Knight it was it became such a action uh heavy, like thriller almost and with like Heath Ledger's Joker like it was it was disturbing it was dark and it was like gritty and it was cruel you know and I think there was a piece of this I know that they really wanted this to be a PG-13 um and when it became a 15 it was like a bit of a shame because they really really had tried their best to try like bring it back to to that kind of like fictional fun part of like the superhero and i think with the bat light this is the first film that i've seen when they did the bat light but maybe that's not maybe i just don't remember the bat light before um but yeah little pieces like that i think are just like throwing it back to like the fictional part of this material um whereas like in previous reboots it's kind of gone very raw
0: i think that like I felt like that was where it wasn't connecting because for me, because it was dark and then it was light. And it was like a mixture between like a comic book world, which is quite obviously like a comic book world and something like the Joker. So yes, I can see that. And that makes sense that that would be because they were trying to make it a PG-13, but they didn't quite get there.
2: Ronan seven three five has said, Best Batman soundtrack?
1: Absolutely. The best. I really liked it. I loved uh, the Nirvana. It made me feel, it made me feel like it was going to be an indie. So I was there for it. I've listened to the, um,
0: the soundtrack on Spotify and um, since, and yeah, it's great. I've
2: actually been doing the same.
0: Wait, guys,
1: can I, just before we go, can I just read you this really funny review that I found? <laughs> okay. This is Nick Wibbert posted on the 2nd of March. I just love how fucking disgusting Bruce looks in this nasty ass stringy ass translucent pale goth boy in his dank disgusting back cave hunched over his computer with bloodshot eyes and black eye paint scrolling through footage of the previous night and journaling his fucked up thoughts when he finally emerges from the cave to talk to Alfred and gets disturbed by the natural sunlight and has to put on sunglasses I wanted to get up and cheer yeah that's right put on those sunglasses you little freak also he's definitely a virgin based on how he composes himself around cat women fucking fantastic fantastic movie <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right then what are your final thoughts I do think with um, with a film like this with it having like so much behind it so many so many fans so many not fans but people knowing about it and so much hype around it it's it's always going to be a film that like people wh- pe- everyone has an opinion on it like, I've got an opinion on it. I've, I've never seen a Batman before. Like
0: That's the price of doing something, which is just so popular. Like, the more popular something gets, the more backlashes you're going to get because it's seen by a wider audience who all have, yeah, like, very different opinions. Like, I never thought that I would be able to speak about something like this for so long, but there's just so many elements to it that are interesting choices when it's so much at stake. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think even if there's parts that we don't like, like not all of it is completely for us to enjoy to our, like it's not necessarily for us. Like, and I think that that's also good because I know that it does bring other people a lot of joy and they love this one or they prefer another one. And like, you know, they, yeah, they've got a wider opinion on it. Um. Final thoughts are,
0: um, I, um, although I find parts of films like this um, a little bit silly as soon as I let myself go with it I have such a great viewing experience and I really enjoy being in the cinema I'm so glad that loads of people are going to see this in the cinema I'm so excited to see what happens next because I think Barry Keegan could be like quite incredible especially with Paul Dano and um, yeah there's stuff that I
1: didn't like about it but I don't care I enjoyed it still so Yes. yeah I think that there are pieces of this um reboot that is like still finding its way um what the real tone is like who it's for um but I think that the cast is really strong and I agree I'm really excited to watch the next one and I've like invested in uh like this retelling of the story um and I think that I think that it was I think that it was good
2: I actually thought it was beautiful and I thought that the sound was incredible on it and I, like, weirdly took so much pleasure in listening to this film. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, I I just know that I want to watch more of the Batman's that have already been as well to to understand it more. But, yeah, it was great.
1: A good first in.
2: Absolutely.
1: You got a taste of the... I'm not even going (laughs) to... (laughs)
2: I
0: love that so much Next week on Frank Film Club we're going to be talking about Phantom of the Open which is Craig Roberts' new film and stars Sally Hawkins Mark Rylance uh, Risa Vans and is such a lovely heartwarming film about golf but more about the underdog and going against the grain and family and we've got craig roberts joining us for in the club which we can't wait for you to listen to so make sure you go and watch it if you can it's in the cinemas in the uk at the moment so try and catch it and we will see you back here next week
1: This podcast was presented by Rapt. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
0: This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas.